You're listening to Seahawks Rewind, giving you expert analysis from the Seahawks postgame show with former Seahawks Paul Moyer, Ray Roberts, and Robert Turbin. Hear from head coach Pete Carroll and Seahawks players in the locker room. Now, here's your host, Michael Bumpus. Rabel, this was an interesting game. That first half, that offense looks like it was doing some things we haven't seen in a while. The run game got going. You're getting multiple receivers involved. We saw the tight ends get involved. But in the second half, only able to put up three points. What do you think happened there? Well, I think the Falcons went in at halftime and said, we got to figure out a way to stop all those things that you were just talking about, that the Seahawks did on offense, the ability to run, the throwing downfield. Uh, Geno looked so smooth and so cool in the pocket back there. Couldn't convert the third downs when we needed to in the second half. And, and I was just glancing at some of these stats as well. And you can see it was a game of two halves for the Seahawks uh, to put up 20 and then only three more in the second half. And still, you have a chance to win this game if you can get just a couple of stops. But it's going to be a learning curve, as we talked about. It's going to be a process for this defense, a kind of a new defense, some new concepts, a lot of young players. And boy, oh boy, you, and, and even all that said, Bump, as, as Riley just handed me the final note here, the Seahawks outgained the Falcons in total yards, 420 to 386. So we actually had more yards, but we just couldn't turn them all into the points we needed. And more importantly, the Falcons made plays when they had to and gouging plays at that that really hurt the Seahawks' defense. Yeah, Rays, we saw some... Um some things to be optimistic about, right? You see Geno yep. get everyone involved. DK Metcalf gets his first touchdown of the game. They made um, made it a point to get number 14 the ball with 12 targets, only five receptions. I like what they did there, but it seems like the, the run game is still something that we need to get better at. Patterson goes for 141 yards, one touchdown, 179 and two touchdowns overall. I would say that's part of that learning curve that you're talking about when it comes to um, getting better on defense. Yeah, I was going to say, because we ran the ball okay. Penny had 66 yards, and you had uh, 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 Ken uh, Walker. I, I can't remember how many yards he had. And you think, okay, that's not bad, running the football for the Seahawks when you combine those two. And then you look over the other side, and Patterson has 141 yards and a touchdown. We, we're just not very good right now in stopping the run. And as Pete always says, that's what our offense is based on. If we can run like that, and like the 49ers did a week ago, we win these games. But when they do it against you, they are playing your style of offense to beat you at what you want to do the most. So until the Seahawks can figure out defensively how to go about stopping the run, uh, it's, it could be, you know, kind of tough sledding because everybody sees this. The Lions are going to see it. The Saints are going to see it. And they're all going to come in with game plans to do the same thing. Yep, I think it just comes to uh, getting more aggressive in the box and, you know, we both feel that Clint Hurt and those guys will watch that film and try to correct that. The Falcons were four for seven on third down. The Seahawks were nine for 17. At one point, they looked really good on third downs, two for three on third down. So where does this team, excuse me, on fourth down, so where does, where does this team go from here? I mean, you're seeing progress in, in areas. Um, I encourage people to be patient with this team. There, there is a transition going on next week against the Detroit Lions. It doesn't get easier, Raves. Yeah, and, and you know, they're, they're a team that I've heard a lot of people say, hey, don't go to sleep on the Lions because they're, they're an emotional team. They've had a lot of good high draft choices the last few years because they've been such a lousy team, and now it's starting to come to fruition. So, it, you know, where do you go from here? You just, as you know, all you guys know that you just go back on Monday and you start all over again and you get ready for Wednesday and you focus on correcting the things that you can correct 
Uh, you've only you've got your team. You know, it's not like you can go out and get a whole bunch of new players because you don't need a lot of new players. You just need them to play better, smarter, more consistently. And you know, when you're playing with a young group, sometimes that takes a little longer than others. But you know, time is starting to draw short. You cannot start to fall behind in this division, especially. You have got to keep pace. So. You'll go, try to get well in a hurry, hope nobody's injured too seriously, and get back out here ready to go, get on a plane the next two straight weeks, and go back east and try to win a football game. And that's all Pete and his coaches are going to be uh, focused on. Yep, that's all you can do, Raves. Lick your wounds and get ready to go as usual. You have a great night. Get home safely, man. Thanks, Bob. All right, lots more to do when we get back. We're going to holler at Robert Turbin, Ray Roberts, and Marcus Trufant. I am Michael Bump as the Seahawks fall to the Atlanta Falcons 27-23. Prior to this game, they haven't ran more than 50 plays on offense. They run 69 here, uh, two for three on third downs, nine, excuse me, on fourth downs, nine for 17 on third downs. They made it a point to get DK Metcalf involved, Robert Turbin, and uh, 12 targets, man. Um, you can see what they were trying to do. Uh, you can see the potential in this offense, but it's all about consistency. For some reason, the second halves ain't been good to this ball club. Yeah, man, and it's kind of been the story over the course of the last, you know, couple seasons with the Seahawks, right? Playing great in one half and not being able to finish or play as well uh, in the other. But, you know, a lot of exciting things that happened in this football game. It was great to see DK, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett and some of those other guys make some plays out there. You know, I thought Geno Smith did a great job spreading the football around and getting multiple guys who can make plays involved in the football game and you know for the most part in the first half the run game was you know pretty consistent as well Rashad Penny was able to get going but we weren't able to sustain that over the course of four quarters and give credit to the Atlanta Falcons you know when it came to the end of the game right when it came to money time when it came time to really make the plays that are going to make the difference as far as winning the game they made the plays and we didn't. Hey, True, we saw something we haven't seen yet. This defense gets an interception. Tariq Woolen gets his first career interception right before the half. Number 27 flashes. I almost thought he was going to take it to the house. Um, Sino, do you remember your first interception? What was that like? I do remember one of my first interceptions. Mine was a little bit different. I kind of got lit up after the fact, and <laughs> my ear pads came out and everything. I had to play it off smooth, play it off cool, like my bell wasn't rung. But, uh, yeah, man, that first interception, that was a great play. Uh, Tariq will probably look back at that film, and I think he got ran down by what could have been a tight end or a fullback. So I know the guy is going to talk about him a little bit. But um, got to – Give a shout out to Mr. Ray Roberts because he called it he did. in the pregame that today just feels like the day that Tariq's going to get his first pick. So a, a big shout out to Big Ray. But that was a great play. Yeah. A heck I of think a play. we should get some uh, credit for supporting it, too. Nobody's going to let him get his shot. trying to co-sign my love, let dog. His Turbo be jumping on. I like it. I All right, with your Turbo, but come on, bro. <laughs> I'll time True call you out. True been your biggest fan <laughs> last three weeks. <laughs> Big Ray, you uh, rushed the ball for 112 yards early in the game. It felt like, okay, they were committed to this. We saw some flashes. Rashad Penny had a couple good runs. Mm -hmm. Ken Walker had some good runs. DJ Dallas had a good run. Do you see where this offense is going as far as handing the pill off and letting these guys yeah, go? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, obviously you want to win the football game, but I think you saw more of what they want to do on offense today. There were multiple, like, uh, formations, the way they used uh, Kenneth Walker uh, 
the way they used Kenneth Walker was pretty cool, like on the fly sweeps, on some passes, running the ball, all those kinds of things. But I think in the second half, some of the negative plays got away from them. They had a little more pressure on the quarterback, so they ended up with a couple sacks. Some of the penalties that caught, you know, brought some of the plays back that made it second and third and long, it kind of takes you out of the ability to run the ball. So I don't, I didn't, they weren't able to stay on schedule with the running game the way they wanted to, the way they did in the first half. But uh, I, I do still like, you know, even what they were trying to get done, how they were trying to get things done in the second half, the way they, uh, the offense operated in opening the playbook without forcing, you know, the plays down the field to DK. They, they, they built plays within the, within the framework of what they were doing to open the, the playbook and get him the ball and get um, Tyler Lockett the ball. And t- Man, Tyler earned every yes, catch he did. <laughs> today. This dude was getting drilled every time he caught the ball. I, I don't know what the button is that you – click on, on uh, Xbox or PlayStation to make the receiver get to the ground as soon as they catch it. But that has to be. That, that has to be. I know on defense they was hitting the hit stick. That has to be the thing. It's that double tap Y. It's the double tap double Y? Tap. Yeah. yeah. He need to double tap the Isn't Y every time. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, you can do wow. that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I ain't played Madden in a long time. You know, I'm old now, you know. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about the, the distribution of the, the football as far as the pass game. you got Lockett, Metcalf, Parkinson, Disley, Goodwin, Fant, Dallas, Hart, Ken Walker, and Rashad Penny all had catches for this football team. Now, it's, it's bittersweet because you see the progression in this offense from week one to two to three. You see what they're trying to do. It comes in a loss. Um, but I, I think it's important that we highlight kind of where this team is going because this isn't a, a Super Bowl team right now, right? They're trying to figure some things out. You got some new pieces, some new coordinators. Um, so they did some things. But on, on defense, it seems like the run game continues to beat these guys up. And I guess that is the the, the curse of running a, a 3-4 defense, that you have less bodies on the line of scrimmage so then these bigs are able to get on that second level um, a bit faster. What did you see out of this defense turbo that um, you feel needs to be corrected a bit next week when they fly to Detroit and take on the Lions? A lot of the same things we talked about in the pregame. The pregame, what, the, what are the things that we highlighted? We highlighted discipline. We highlighted technique, right? We highlighted setting the edge, right? And they did that to a certain extent, you know, in the first half. They did a good job of that, right? Right. Over the course of the game, though, they lost, you know, that discipline, right? They lost the ability to set the edge, they lost the discipline to, you know, fill the, the, the correct gaps that they were supposed to be in and which allowed, you know, the Falcons essentially to pop big runs. We talked about tackling in the pregame show, right? A lot of missed tackles in that second half as well that allowed, you know, the Falcons to break some of those big runs. And so, you know, we have to be able to put this thing together over the course of four quarters, but it is a learning experience, right? This is a young team, and we've talked about that. As they continue to grow, right, and continue to develop these these types of games will happen less. We'll be the ones coming out on top. True. Uh, they tested Mike Jack early, and they went after Tariq Woolen as well. Um, do, you, do you foresee teams continually, uh, continuing to go after these guys the way that the Atlanta Falcons did? Absolutely, absolutely. I said it before um, on this show that you got to make something happen, and they're going to keep coming until you put the fire out, right? So that's how it's going to be. They're young players in – that's just the name of the league um, to try to get that P.I. or to try to get a big play, right? And you talk about explosive plays, um, pass game, and even in the run game of not setting the edge or of guys not being in the right gap. It's hard to play defense when you're getting explosive plays. You could be as good as you want, of course, for two to three downs. But if you let 
one uh, explosive play go, that's going to keep those drives going, and that's keeping the ball away from the offense that we're trying to get on uh, pace, I guess, to open up the offense. So it's really up to the defense to help out the offense, to get turnovers, to get off on third down, and, get the, uh, of course, get the ball back to the O. Yeah, and I would say, too, you know, this, this idea around uh, setting the edge is when if you're the end guy on the line of scrimmage, you usually want to keep your outside hand free, and then you're trying to force you're, – sometimes you just have to be the traffic cop. Right. You're not the dude trying to make the tackle, but you're trying to turn everything back to the bad dudes that are, that are pursuing right. the runner. Mm -hmm. And so what I've seen with the Seahawks is – Let me step in gotcha. right there, Ray. We got the head coach, Pete Carroll, stepping up to the podium right now that game it was a terrific football game and that went back and forth and um there's a lot of good things that happened in this game uh, unfortunately we you know we didn't finish our last drive I mean, the league is right there is how it works out last drive all so often and uh um and we played hard and tough the whole time they played hard and tough the whole time it was a good good football game um there's things that we have to do better we, we can't give up to this the rushing yards we're giving up um it's, it's too much, and uh, I have a lot of respect for their run game because I have a lot of respect for the way they do it in 84, and uh, um, he was, he was uh, I think, the difference today um, for them. Um, <clears throat> offensive side, the, you know, we had a lot of plays. We converted on third down. We took care of the ball all the way to the last play. Um, QB was on it. You know, had a really solid football game. Did a great job for us. Receivers came through and did their thing. We ran the ball a little bit, like we like we like to. We like to do it better. Um, and uh, so there's just a lot of positive things that come out. And you don't, you know, last drive win, and we didn't get it. I didn't see the holding penalty on the on the big play. We're down on the nine yard line or whatever. You know, just everything's going just like it's supposed to. And uh, you know, I saw something um, on us. Um, but I, I think we saw some some real bright spots. I thought you saw us be, get better today, and uh, but it wasn't good enough for a win, and that's really what counts. But the only guy that got banged up was Travis uh, Homer, and uh, he's got some bruised ribs. It looks like something like that, not broken, but uh, some complications with. He's got he got hit pretty good. What was your take on the defense today? It seemed like there were a lot of long down distance moments where. They gave it up. What, what was happening? Yeah, we, you know, it's, a, it's the third and 19. Uh, we're rolled that way and everything, and, and we just got to, you know, get our, uh, you know, our guys to understand the D and D. You know, we were rolled that way, and they're not supposed to be able to throw the corner in behind us, and, and we played it like it was third and five. You know, instead of playing third and 20, and uh, so they, we don't sink and take away that deeper ball. We just made it just an error, you know, and and. Uh, that was one for sure. But there was a couple over the middle, too, that they got when we contested, but they, they won um, on the third downs that we should win. You know, um, We have to get off the field. we got to go sit down. You know, and I think we had a penalty on another one again. Um, anyway, so they, those were pretty easy to explain. What changed your mind on the fourth down at the goal line? Um, we were going after. I, I don't. Want, I don't really don't want to talk all about it because I don't want to tell anybody what I'm thinking there outright. But we were going for it, and that was the mentality. And then we got a little screwed up, and and and, and we needed a time to, to talk, talk about it. I was hoping we would not be in fourth and whatever that was, two and a half or whatever. I thought we were going to be uh, in a better situation to go for it. Was thinking about going for it possibly, and um, guys on the field weren't ready, so we had to call timeout. Play call got screwed up, or you said got screwed up? No, no, it was just, I, it just, uh, they were a little out of whack on, on, the, on the field because of, you know, the, what happened on the play before. I don't know, I'll leave it at that.
these first three games, teams have had a lot of success running off tackle. And Falcons are able to do that again today. What do you see that is going on consistently preventing your team from setting the edge? Yeah, we, ha we, have, to, uh, we have to fit things up more accurately, more consistently. It, it, we just have to clean up the way it, it's happening there. And, and uh, the edge is part of the outside stuff and everything up off tackle as well. And we're not hitting it like we have planned to and uh, we have to clean that stuff up and it's the guys up front it's the, the linebackers and the, and the dbs all fitting together we can't give up the spacing that we're giving up it's just it looks like it's too easy for them and so uh it's something that, that we you know we're, we've been focusing on but we haven't haven't changed it yet we need to get that done with some of their big passing plays especially in the first half what did you feel like were the issues there well they made a couple plays. You know, Pitts made the play on the sidelines, and Josh is all over him. You know, he took the ball off the top, and, and that was a nice one. Um, you know, they, they Mariota made a couple good balls, you know, throws for us for them. Um, the the big one was the third down in 19 that we gave it to him. You know, that was a gimme, and and uh, so it's, there's a couple things in there that we can clean up, and then we sometimes you know they're going to make a play on you. Feel like some of the issues you guys have had on defense so far, not just in this game, but so far, are product of installing a new scheme. Some of it is. Some of it's. I said to you last week, it's newness. You know, we, we have to clean things up and we got to progress faster. You know, there's no time. You know, we have to get better now, and uh, we just we just have to just make sure that we're more accurate, more precise about the fits in the running game, and and uh, and then continue to to work into the pressure situations. We, we rushed the pass, we had our, our sacks today, you know, and, and uh, we did it with some different calls, and those were, those worked really well for us. Um, we need to continue to get our rush going as well. That's part of it. I mean, it's really it's, it's all aspects. There were some some throws that they caught. There was uh, you know some 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 pass rush stuff we could use, and for sure the running game needs to improve. We just need to get better, and. Uh, we can see it. We know the answers. We can we can give them answers to the test, but we got to execute better. You talked about all week, and I'm not putting that just on the players. I'm a, the coaches. We all got to do it. And me too. We all got to do a better job. We got to contribute to make this thing clean up. You talked this week about the trust you have in Gino. That first half was that kind of exactly what you've been seeing in practice. I, I thought he played really, really well. I, that's exactly what he's been looking like, and we, that's that's what exactly what I'm telling you. You got it. You can see him. He can do things right. He understands what's going on. He's in command of it. He's got the arm to throw all of the throws that we're asking him to do. Um, he's really poised about it. And he, that's a heck of a football game today through, you know. So he's doing his part. And he could, there's a couple plays in there, too. They're, like there always is. There's a couple plays, you know. Um, and, and uh, that's, you know, that, it was that close of a game today. Yeah, I thought they played really well. It was really solid. We had the running game early on. The, the guy started. The play passes were there. Everything was fitting up nice. We had a lot of plays today. We converted really well on third down. Um, we were able to run the ball in the short yardage as well. Um, so we did a lot of really positive things that those guys were doing. And really, you know, late we got sacked a couple of times. Gino was just trying to make something happen, and he had to hang on to it a little bit. And, but uh, all in all, those guys did a really good job against these guys. Back to the running game, Kenneth Walker looked like you're getting him outside. Can you talk about that and also what DJ Dallas did to replace uh, when Travis Homer was injured? Yeah. Um, well, first off, you know, we, we, we got to break Kenny in. He, we, you know, he's still, he's still trying to get comfortable. Um, he was a little jittery today because he's, he's so excited and he's so competitive. He just needs the time out there. You know, he just hasn't played very much. And uh, so we're just going to keep forcing him to, to get 
get really relaxed and comfortable out there, and he's going to make a lot of things happen. He showed plenty of good stuff today. We could all see that. Uh, but he, he went the wrong way on the play, you know, and he had some other things that he was he could be cleaner on. So it's just just it's just getting him over the hump, and uh, he's going to be a big factor. Rashad ran really well today, really hard and tough. Did a really good job. Um, for us and those two guys, you can see it. Um, about DJ coming in, I mean, he and he and Homer share that, that that job on third down, so it's not a it's not any switch for us to go to, to him. They're a little bit different in style, but yet they both know how to how to execute. And DJ did a nice job for us again, and coming in. Was this the deeper down the field passing game you need to stretch defense? Well, I, th I think we could see all you know. We saw that there's all kinds of stuff happening. You know, we did all kinds of things today in the passing game. I thought it was really really well orchestrated and. Uh, you know, he threw for over 300 in, in big, big completion percentage and a really good conversion rate. Uh, that was a really good look at us on third down today and coming through. And even whether, you know, do you know how to run one as well and all that? But he, he did his stuff and the, the receivers came through. And um, that's something we can really continue to build on. About how much you like the tight end group as a whole. Good to see all three of them getting involved. Yeah, they, everybody did something today. Just had a nice play late on, late on the game. Uh, we saw a lot of good stuff in Kobe today, and, and Noah. They, they, that's it. That's what we, you know, let's just keep rolling those guys through and doing the things that they do well, and, and keep counting on them. Yeah, he's just, he's just doing DK. You know, he, that was a great touchdown catch. You know, and um, and good hard catches and tough tough stuff. He got the ball. He didn't catch it. Got away from him. Got tipped. We think. You know, and, and uh, so that always makes it really hard to overcome that. But um, I mean, he's been he's been really solid. What happened to Tyler when he went out for a little while? Um, he just got a little bit of uh, shoulder stinger kind of thing, something like that. You know, that just he felt it. That he needed to just take a break. I mean, he was fine. He had played great again. He was everywhere. He did a great job for us. Who was it with Brooks? They're okay. Yeah, as far as I know, they're not on the injury list. What was your message to them after the game? How tough the league is. You know how, how tough it is every week, and uh, every game. You know they're so hard, and they come, everything comes down to the end, and you got to finish it up. And and, and uh, we just got to keep battling. You know and these games are there for us. We know we're good enough to win these games, so we we just have to play uh, to the moment. All right, that was head coach Pete Carroll. He says, look, they know they can win these games. I'm looking at a tweet right now from Aaron Levine. It goes, look, the Seahawks gained 420 yards, one time of possession, more than 50% on third down, won the turnover battle, and still lost that game. So it's, they're checking off some boxes, man, but when it's time to win, um, that penalty against Damian Lewis was crucial at yes. the end of the game with that screen to Rashad Penny that puts them on the nine. We talked about some of these penalties in the pregame, and um, it seems like jumped up and bit him again, right? Yeah, it did, and it was like, uh, man, it was just one of those calls that was super subjective. It just, it, it, you know, just because there was some cloth showing doesn't necessarily mean that he was holding the guy. They seemed to like they were kind of bracing up against each other. But the thing I like that Pete said is that, you know, you can give – Everybody, the coaches and the players included, the answers to the test, but you still got to go do it. Yep. And so, like, uh, that's what we talked about. I think Marcus was saying that in the pregame. It's like it's cool that, you know, everyone's saying the right things and, and trying to prepare the right way, but then you have to go out there and actually do it. And so, you know, as we were talking before Pete came on, like, even if you look at how some of these guys are approaching setting the edge, you usually, like I said, want to have your inside shoulder to the offensive player's outside shoulder that way you keep the outside leverage but if you watch uh, even some of the the linebackers that are coming inside out they're attacking 
their outside shoulder to the to the offensive guy's inside shoulder. So now that gives the offensive guy leverage to the outside, and then they wash everyone down, get to the corner, pick up yards. And so those are the types of things, little nuances. That's the difference of maybe like six inches. But those six right. inches can equal a 40-yard touchdown run or a gain for two yards or, or a tackle in the backfield. So those little bitty answers to the test are the things that they have to really lock in on on th- those particular plays. Right. Well, uh, lots more to talk about when we get back. Hey, shop the new Sideline Collection at Seahawks Pro Shop and come ready to cheer on your favorite team. This year's Sideline Collection features everything from beanies, tees, hoodies, and so much more. Get it all at the Seahawks Pro Shop at Renton Landing and Lumenfield or online now at Seahawks.com. All right, lots more to do when we get back. We're going to get analysis from my guys here. That's coming up next on the Seahawks Radio Network. All right, we are here trying to digest what we just saw and what we just heard from Pete Carroll. Obviously, he is disappointed. I think he's trying to keep it in perspective at the same time. He goes, look, you know, we made some plays. uh, But when it was time to make some plays, we just couldn't do that. Everyone has to get better. I think he did exactly what a good leader should do, right? You get in front of the podium. You you are optimistic in a way, but you are honest. And you take ownership of the situation. And he said, look, Starts with me, myself, the players, the coaches. They're all in the in this together. True. When you look at this game and you um you feel this game, do you think that this team is headed in the right direction? Absolutely, Bob. I think the thing that we're seeing and probably what is frustrating Coach Carroll so much is we're seeing flashes of greatness, right? We're seeing a bunch of good stuff, but it's two steps forward and then it's one step back. So Good teams find a way to be consistent. I know we're young and we're doing all this stuff. We got new schemes. We got new people. We got all this new stuff. So it's a part of the process, but we got to find a way to hurry it up, right, and get better and get better in a hurry and start getting consistent, man, and start playing some good ball. And it's there. All the pieces are there. We just need to, I don't want to call it fine-tune, but we just got to find a way to get over that hump and make it happen. Yeah, I like, like we said in the pregame, too, I like the way Pete has been keeping it in perspective. Like he said, hey, we didn't play well in the Denver game, but we won. Yeah. And then we didn't handle coming you know, out of the Denver game, going into the San Francisco game, play back. And then this time he's saying, like, hey, like, yeah, we are learning new things, which is a reason, you know, but we're not going to use that as an excuse. We need to hurry things up. We need to speed up the progress. We need to speed up the, the understanding of what we're doing. And then he also said, uh, you know, if we can give you the answers to the test, but you got to go do it. And that meant the players and the coaches and everybody. So the thing that I like about Pete, which I just, it sounds like a different type of message from Pete, is that, yeah, there's things that we need to do to get better. And, yes, there's some things that we've done well. But there also needs to be this constant improvement and a, a faster, quicker pace. Yeah, talk about improvement. There was some improvement. Seahawks had two of their longest drives today, 13 plays and 11 plays. They had 420 yards offensively coming into this game. In two games, they had 469 yards. That 69 total plays. Didn't get more than 50 in the last two games, and they won the time of possession 31 to 28. Now, that sounds good, right? But it's still a loss. So you take these stats and you use them as a measuring stick to say, okay, we're doing some things correctly. Um, but end of the day, this is a week-by-week type of league, so you watch that film and you correct your wrongs, Turbo. Yeah, absolutely. And you, I was just about to talk about watching the tape because, you know, a lot of times you go into a loss and you want to focus on the negative things, right, the negative aspects of the game and utilize those things on the film to then improve your game on the field, right? But there's a lot of positive that you can take and amplify that as you continue to grow 
on this team. Let me hop in there. We got a chin in the wall, Sue, stepping up to the podium right now. No, I was thinking we was going to win the game. Shoot, that's exactly what we needed, you know, a turnover. I trust our offense to know to go out down there and win the game. Uh, that's what I was thinking. They had a lot of success, obviously, moving the ball. From, from your perspective, I guess, any, any specific theme to some of their, why they were having some of the success they had today? Or? Yeah, um, we beat ourselves today, honestly. Um, I don't know, man. They just came in there and just felt like they just did whatever they wanted to do, you know, which is unacceptable. They were throwing the ball, whatever. They was running the ball, whatever. I remember a key play I had. Um, I think I forgot what, what, part of the part, what part of the field it was, but, you know, they ran like a wide stretch and they cut it back. Me, I was playing the boot thing and they were trying something and they gashed the ball for, I think it was about like 45, 50 yards. And, you know, there's little things like that, you know, we got to clean up. And, I, you know, I take really full responsibility for that because if that doesn't happen, then they got to drive the lane to the field and it's tougher to score. But I just made it easier. So, you know, that was a play on me that I, you know, got to take one and, you know, go in there and correct. And that can't happen again. You mentioned Cordell Patterson kind of being the key that game. What, what made him successful as a runner? Like I just said, um, we were beat ourselves. You know, we weren't attention to detail. We weren't, um, I feel like for the most part, we did a good job. Honestly, to be honest with you, I feel like for the most part, we did a good job. It was just those two long runs at the end of the game, really, that, that really put them over the edge. Because I feel like they only had about, what, 70, 80 yards of rushing going into those two plays. You know, minus those, tell you, take away 80 yards. It's about, what, 70 yards rushing, 80 yards rushing. So well, we beat ourselves. We beat ourselves. We got to be more attention to detail going into next week. All right, that was the chin in the Wells who says, look, we beat ourselves. Going into that last drive, he felt there around 70 yards. I think they were a little beyond 70 yards. But that'll let you know just where he is mentally. On the field, they felt like they had him. You know, they had him right where they wanted to and right when you needed to make that final push to win the game. Um, you just weren't able to do that. And to me, Ray, that's just a sign of a young team, right, trying to figure out, and I think True pointed it out before, how to close teams out. How do you finish the game? Yeah, and to – to uh, the composure also that it takes to do that. Like when you're young and you're that dude you want to make the play, like he just said, like he was, he had made up his mind that they were trying to do something in the boot game. So he went up the field chasing the quarterback and the runner went up under, went underneath. And so like that attention to detail, like trust your eyes, don't just predetermine what you're doing. That's kind of like a, a I don't, don't want to say he's a young dude, but new into a system, new into a city, new on a team. A bunch of young dudes are all in this mindset, I'm going to make the game win and play. I'm going to make the play that makes a difference. And then you get a little bit out of control. So, like, just trying to be, like you said, dialed into the details and so that you know that, hey, in this play, I'm just going to be a traffic cop. I'm going to turn everybody yeah. back inside. Or, you know, like, hey, like, you know, if, if I'm a DB, I'm not going to play – 10 yards off when it's a, you know, third and five, you know, like th those types of things, like just all those little details that add up to those four or five plays that Paul Moyer talks about a lot. All those, all those, those five plays are arrived at because of all the little plays that come beforehand, right. you know what I'm saying? All the little mistakes and all the little thing, you know, it's like one of those deals where it may, like if you're building the building, it's off by an inch at the bottom. By the time it gets to the top, it's off by like yeah. 50 feet. Mm -hmm. Those little mistakes add up like that throughout the game. Mm, true. Is it um, is it team meeting time, players led? Is it that time, or do you think that there there's still time and room for these guys to proceed the way they have been and not go to that extreme yet? I think it's okay. I think it's okay to have a players owner meeting, and that doesn't mean that there's panic, but that just means that they they're 
that everybody's in, right? Yeah. That they shouldn't need the coaches to tell them what they're doing wrong. These guys are professionals, and they want to win. They want to do well. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think it comes down to just like Ray said, it's small stuff, and it sounds cliche when you say that the defense needs to be on a string, right, and everybody moving together. Everybody's doing their individual job, but I don't know if everybody's on the same page, right? All right. Let me hop in right there. True, we got starting quarterback Geno Smith at the podium now. Uh, I think we just came out with an, uh, a certain intensity and focus. Uh, we used some tempo. Uh, you know, we got, you know, things going early. I think that helped us out. And overall, I just think we executed better. You know, we just did a better job. How tough is that? That last round, you think you have first down, then there's a flag, and all of a sudden it's first or second 20. Man, that's tough. You know, it's, it's, it's very hard, you know, in that situation, especially in the NFL, you know, being backed up. You know, it's, it's why it's critical not to have those mistakes. And uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened. You know, I would have to go back and watch it. But, you know, we're, we got momentum. We're driving. And then, um, you know, have a, have a setback like that. We, you know, we still got to try and find ways to overcome it. And, you know, especially in that situation with the game on the line, we got we to gotta figure it out. Can you also have the last play? What did you see when you threw the ball? Uh, I was fourth in, you know, I can't remember, probably 20-something or, you know, maybe 13 or something like that. And scrambling, you know, trying to make a play, you know, trying to find a guy open. Uh, you know, happened to see Locke cutting across there, tried to get it to him. May have been a touch too high, and uh, that was that. What, what do you make of the decision? You, you guys kept the offense out on the field for the fourth and two play and then called the timeout. What was that whole sequence like? Yeah, we were just kind of um, mixed up a little bit there, so uh, it was probably best to take the points and uh you know we didn't want to just try and force it there so we just you know took the time out and kicked the field goal and gave ourselves a lead when did you get mixed up over there what what tripped the whole uh, i didn't get anything mixed up the, the team what got the players mixed up we just we point? just weren't um you know ready to run that play at that time did you lobby at all to go for it after the timeout uh we made a decision to kick the field goal the play before that you threw the through the down the sideline the dk there did you did you I think they had a pretty good look at that, or, you know, they had a pretty good shot at that, obviously. Which play, sorry? The play before the fourth down, I think it went, oh, I think okay. it was third and two, and you threw it to DK down the sidelines. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, uh, you know, I, I trust in my decision-making. Uh, any decision I make, I feel good about it. And uh, anytime you throw it to DK, um, it's, it's the right decision. So, uh, you know, we didn't we didn't make it happen today. And unfortunately, we you know, we didn't we didn't finish the game the way we'd like to. Did you call that one up the line, that particular one? Which one? The DK in the corner. Uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we we called that on the sideline. Coach, coach called that one up. Mm -hmm. You know, each one of your tight ends got involved. Can you just talk about the tight ends and their involvement in your offense now. Yeah, um, the tight ends are like I said before. They we have a really good group, and those guys are going to continue to be involved. I think they help our offense um, not only stay balanced but also be dynamic. You know, they can block in the run game as well as get out and be pass catchers. And uh, you know, I think the more that we continue to use those guys, I think the better we'll be. And then a couple sacks late. It's a pretty clean game for you in the pocket. Just how do you feel like your line played in front I think the line played a, a tremendous game. I think they played outstanding uh, all game long. I mean, I, at one point, I was just, I, I kept telling myself, like, when you got hitch up in the pocket, I was just kind of standing back there because I had so much time and great protection. And so, um, you know, I think they did a great job again, and they're going to continue to get better. But I really, I was really impressed with what they did today. Did Atlanta surprise you dropping off so much in coverage? Or was that what you'd see? Yeah, we've seen that all year. You know, that's what we're seeing, and that's what we're going to get. You know, that's what we're going to get. And, uh, you know, I think today we had answers for it. And moving forward, we got to continue to create more answers for it um, because I don't think teams are going to want to play us one-on-one. -on -one. What allowed you to get some of those deeper passing plays that have been missing the first couple of 
Uh, you know, we just, uh, the first things, we stayed on schedule. You know, we were able to stay on schedule. And, uh, you know, after getting the first down, when you get a first down on the drive, you know, the percentages of scoring goes way up. So now you can take your shots and uh, be a little bit more aggressive. So um, just after getting first downs and getting into a rhythm, you know, uh, coach, coach called a great game. Uh, Shane was, he was dialed in, man. He was, he was just calling play after play, and we felt really good about him. And, uh, you know, you know, they opened up and we took our shots. Like you said, you guys seem like you went no huddle a lot more than you had. What, what sort of worked well doing that? Well, just getting to the line of scrimmage and, uh, you know, putting pressure on the defense to get their calls in, to get their subs and stuff in. So playing fast, you know, I think that helped us out a bunch. You know, guys were really in tune with the play calls and all the checks and stuff we made at the line of scrimmage. All the guys were locked in. So uh, when you got guys um, that we have who are, you know, extremely talented, but is also equally as smart, um, it, it allows for you to do that. And results obviously not what you want, but offensively, do you feel like there's stuff to build off? Oh uh, yeah, certainly. I think we have uh, a lot of things to build off, but the the main thing is you know wins and losses, and so um, you know there are positives, also some negatives that we got to clean up, and um, you know we got to get back to work, man. Just the same as if we would have won this game, we got to get back to work. So do you attribute kind of the improved O line play to? Is it like simple as not having to play Nick Bosa this week? Could be. Nick Bosa is a great player, but I just think our guys played great today. Uh, I mean, I can't really um, say exactly why. I have to look at the film and, and really, you know, give you a better answer. But, um, you know, we're always trying to get him the ball. And, you know, teams are very mindful of him. He's a big dude out there, you know. Uh, they got corners on him and safety's over the top and linebacker's looking. So, you know, you, you, know, you don't want to force the ball to a guy. But as you can see, it opened up our other guys as well. There, there was a pass sort of over the middle to him in the fourth quarter. Did that get tipped? Did you see it? Or? Yeah, yeah. The backer, um, did, 54, did a great job. He tipped that pass. Um, you know, it was a play that we had worked on all week. Uh, kind of wanted to hit that same area, and, you know, he just got a finger on it. What was Atlanta doing in the second half that made uh, offense kind of uh, struggle a little more, score points? Nothing different. Uh, we just didn't score. Is this about the same amount of uh, two deep folks that you guys have been getting so far? Yeah, yeah. Um, teams are playing us a lot of too high. And, uh, you know, that's just what, when you got guys outside like DK and Tyler, uh, you can expect that. They're great players. And, you know, like I said, I don't think teams want to play us one-on-one, truly want to play us one-on-one all game. The, rel- the reliability of um, Tyler on third down and things like that, just talk about that and your comfortability with him to find him when you need those yards. Yeah, Tyler's great, man. And the thing about Tyler is that, you know, when teams are playing zone like that, you know, he's the guy in the slot who is typically matched up on linebackers and, you know, guys who aren't defensive backs. So he has an advantage in those areas. And so, and he's very smart at finding those open windows and those zones. And so that's a thing that kept us on schedule is him being able to do that. And then when we did get one-on-one, you know, we took our shots when we had our chances, but um, you know, with Tyler being out there uh, in the slot, he does a great job of getting open and finding windows. And you know, he, he's a great player, and you know, it's, it's great to have him. Are you, good? you guys are capable of, you know, executing when you're off schedule on third and longs. Like, why aren't those you know, coming together? Those third and whatever, fourteen, second, fourteen plays not hit. It's the NFL, and uh, you can look at the statistics. I don't think a lot of teams make those. It's hard. It's the NFL. You know, it's not high school. And whenever you're backed up behind the chains, it's going to be hard. And so that's why the importance of staying on schedule, not having penalties, um, not shooting yourself in the foot, you know, it's, it's very important. And anytime you get behind the chains, I mean, it's hard on every team, not just us. Every team's going to struggle with that. You know, they're great guys on both sides of the ball. And, um, you know, teams, they, that's what the defense wants to do. They want to get you backed up so they can pass rush and uh, get you in those, those tough situations. Do you think the penalties on offer for the difference today? 
Uh, you know, I know that one that we had down there when we were driving, you know, to win the game, I know that hurt us. And uh, like I said, I have to watch it and see what happened. But um, we can't have that. You know, we can't have that in those situations. Thank you. Thank you, guys. That was Geno Smith. Let me just say, man, I, I like his approach to that that presser, that post game. He seems mature. He seems like he understands what's going on. He's answered the the questions in a way that's not throwing anybody under the bus. And I just like his leadership in that moment because that's tough, man, to step up there when you felt like you could have won that game and you didn't get done. Our quarterback review is brought to you by Verizon, official 5G network of the Seattle Seahawks. When I get back, when we get back, we get analysis from the greatest team in all the landmarks, True Front, Ray Roberts, and Turbo. That's next Mm -hmm. on the Seahawks Radio Network. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me, man. What you got? (laughs) Um, About our team? Yeah. You know, I I, I want to go back to Geno's presser because he just showed the, you know, he showed why he's a veteran in this league. He showed why he's our starting quarterback now. You know, he's got the poise and the maturity, and he understands the big picture. You know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about this team, and and I'm thinking about Sue Bird, who graciously came on our show in the pregame. She was our 12th flag raiser. Excuse me. And one of the things that she talked about when, when she was talking with us is, you know, the, the, the rebuild process that she went through, right? Remember that? And she talked about she said, like, man, I, I thought I'd never go to the playoffs again. It was like mm. a three- or four-year thing that was going on, right? But eventually it got turned around, right? Excuse me, guys. And so when I look at our team, it's like we have this young team, and, it you know, understandably it's going to take some time the good thing is is that we are showing the progression that i think the coaches and the fans and everybody involved wants to see and as long as we continue to do that this team is going to be exactly where it needs to be yeah i I would say especially on on offense where you have two rookie two rookie tackles playing you know that's that's pretty it's hard to play one rookie uh on the offensive line but to play two and for them to hold up the way they've held up, uh, you know, and then even, you know, Gino's been around for a while, but he hasn't been the guy for a while. Eight you know? years. <laughs> you know, so, Eight years. Yeah, and so, and so, like, he, you know, he's having to get uh, used to that seat, too. He does a good job, great composure, you know, answers questions well, played the game well today. Obviously, the, the interception at the end was more of a desperation thing, more than a, hey, I'm going to, you know, you know, uh, design play kind of a thing but I do think there's some good stuff you know like all the the, the stats that you read Mike like the turnover battle the sack in the quarterback the the drives they had the points they scored the total yards all those types of things uh are moving the team in the right direction however I will say you know Paul Moore you did say at the beginning of the game there is no moral victories you have to win it wasn't a must win <laughs> but it was like a, a need to feel good about yourself win. It's a do better win. <laughs> it's a do better win. Do better. That's well, what w- Paul called it. So, but I, I think they moved in the right direction with that. Well, I would also say too, you know, in the pregame show, we talked about situational football, right? And we talked, and and you alluded to Big Ray. You know, who is Shane Waldron as an offensive coordinator? Like, who is he? Right. Oh, let me let me we hop in there. Hop in there. We got Uncle Will Disley at the podium right now. <laughs> Uncle Will cutting me off. Feel like offensively was going well for you guys in the first half there. Yeah, I mean we were in a really good groove, uh, running the football, spreading the ball out. Um, you know, you got to give credit to O line for getting shit done early, and then uh, 
Gino's hitting his spots. You know, he played a really good game, and uh, Kai's responded. Can you put a finger why he hasn't had so much trouble putting points to the Martin in the second half? I believe three points now total in the six second half quarter so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's anything we're doing in particular. Um, you know, that second half went by really quick. You know, we had two really long possessions, so not a lot of opportunities to uh, get back to the red zone. Um, we'll take a look, see what happens. I know there was a mishap in the fourth quarter that uh, kind of pushed us back. So, um, you know, we'll get better. We'll go look at the film and correct it and, uh, and move forward. Will a touchdown for you in the first half? How did, how did that feel? Walk us through that play. Yeah, it was a uh, good play by Gino. Good ball. He threw it uh, right on time and uh, it was happy to get old lineman a ball so he could spike it. Shared the field with another Montana kid today, Troy Anderson. What was that like? Yeah, it was special, man. Uh, kid, second round draft pick, you know, going and playing, living his dream. You know, he's the best thing to come out of Montana. So I'm happy for him. I hope for a lot of success for that kid, and he's going to be a star. And you just said that he's the best thing to come out of Montana. I know there was a bet. Could you explain to us what the bet was? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> What's kind of just the message for you guys going forward coming off a tough one? Uh, stick together, you know, uh, I think uh, everyone in Seattle knows what kind of talent we have in this locker room um, You know the fans saw it today. We put up a lot of points and um, defense made some crucial plays um, We keep believing in ourselves, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna be just fine um, as we keep going keep learning keep growing um, Sticking together, you know, we're gonna play really good football down the stretch Can you take us through that sequence where you, you guys kept the offense on the field to go for it on fourth and two and then the timeout that you decide to kick the field goal it sounds like Something was out of whack on the field. Yeah, not sure. We called timeout and uh, sent the PAT unit on to get secure points. Jason Meyer made the kick, did his job. So, um, not sure. Anything else? Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, guys. All right, that was Will Disley, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks. He had three catches, 34 yards, one touchdown, a nice little 18-yard shot on three targets. Um, Turbo, you were saying something before Will cut you off. What was that? Yeah, no, I was just talking about the situations throughout a football game, right? We get to the end of the football game, and this is where it's important as as even Shane uh, develops as an offensive coordinator and gets to know who he is as a play caller as well as getting to know his personnel. What are our go-to plays, right, in this situation where we're down you know, three, four, five points, and we need a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Like, what do we like to do the most? What are we most comfortable with in this type of situation? And I think those plays are still being identified. You know, right now it's like it feels like, you know, it's not like I don't think he's just calling anything. I'm sure he's schematically wanting to do what works. But as a, I'm just saying from a player perspective, even as a defender, true, like, there's certain coverages, you know, on third down, man, I, I like cover three no matter what on third down because I feel like that's what works for us. Right. You know what I'm saying? When it's third and short for me, I like duo. I like getting two guys. I like I, I like wedge blocking on a, on a third and short because I know I can find a crease and get two yards. That You know, that's that's one of my favorite plays as a, as a player. And so you want to identify that when you're in a fourth quarter situation coming back what are those pass plays and things like that that are going to put your players in the best situation that they like to do the most and that they do well? I feel you, Turbo. It's those plays that you put your players in a position that they don't even have to think about it, right? You can come out there and you can play these defenses or you can run these plays and there's plays that 
everybody can feel comfortable with. Even if everybody in the whole stadium knows exactly what we're doing, this is what we do and this is what we do best. I know when we played um, back in the day and we had Ray Rhodes was a defensive coordinator, there were certain plays that we ran back to back to back to back and we would shut people down, right? Those certain plays is what we did well. Everybody knew exactly where to go and you could count on everybody being in the right spot. There was no margin for error or there was no mistakes because it was basic stuff, but everybody could play 100 miles an hour and go fast. So there's something to that, Turbo. I feel you. You know what I think? I think Walter Rand has played that he wanted to. Okay. And it it broke. Okay. But there was a hole and it got called back. I guarantee you, man, in that moment he was like, all right, this is where I'm going to. Because you listen to the way Gino was talking about how Walter was calling the offense. He goes, man, he was in his thing. Mm -hmm. He was going to play after play after play, you know. And that just lets you know right there, Big Ray, just you talk about those inches, man. Right. And that play right there was a bunch of inches. Absolutely. And if you you think about it, it was uh, uh, however big – Damian Lewis's hand is, and <laughs> how much cloth he had in right. it. That's, that was the difference between having the ball on the nine-yard line versus being second and 20 or whatever it was. And so it always is a game of inches. And, and I do think that they have the, the, the schemes and the things they want. It just comes down to what Pete said and what True alluded to it at the beginning. Now you just have to do it. You have to do it consistently. They know the answers to the test. Now go out there and perform the answers to the test because if you even if you look at them like we're talking about setting the edge and all that stuff guys are going to the right place they're just using like mm-hmm. not the right techniques right. Or what have you or they're losing discipline on on things or they're guessing and stuff so it's not like they don't know where to be and where they and what they should be doing it's just a matter of just refining all of those little skills and techniques that allow you to execute the thing at a high level yeah that's the worst especially as a, a guy in offense when you look at the defense and you know this play should work. Right. It should work, right? To what they're doing and what you're trying to accomplish, that should work. But uh, sometimes, man, like like they said, this is the NFL, man. Guys make plays. Yeah. And the Atlanta Falcons just looked a bit more veteran today in those moments where you really mm-hmm. needed it as opposed to the Seahawks. Yeah, you know, and, and Pete Carroll said something profound in his postgame presser talking to the team, you know. And he, and he talked about, like, everybody's good in this league. You know, that was his message to the team, right? He's like, no matter who you play, Atlanta's probably not going to do much this season. They're not, you know, they're okay, right? right? But they ain't going to the playoffs, right? But everybody's good. And and every single, you know, team that you line up against on Sundays, you know, you're going to have to expect, you know, a fight, you know, because no matter what, each, each player's a professional. Everybody's playing for something. And no matter what you believe, you know, no, no matter what we believe on the outside, everybody feels like they can win the title. And that's how you got to approach it. All right, today's game is presented by Coca-Cola. Don't miss your chance to pick up your Seahawks Coke and chicken buckets at your local Albertsons or Safeway today. Coca-Cola, proud partner of your Seattle Seahawks. When we return, we'll hear from Tyler Lockett with Jim Mueller. The Seahawks fall to the Falcons 27 to 20. Andre, with what Atlanta came out with today, were they throwing the ball more than you expected? I mean, you can't expect a team to do anything. I mean, they did whatever they wanted to do today, so... You know, I mean, they threw the ball, they ran the ball. It was just like, we ain't stopped either. So, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, they came out and they kicked our tail. That's just what it, what it is. So, what is it with the coverage? Is it miscommunication? Is it still early in the year? Is it new guys in the scheme? What can you point to? I mean, it's just stuff that we all got to fix. And, you know, when I watch the film and we watch the film together, then we'll look at it. You know, um, I think we just, we got to all get on the same page. And, um, 
you know, I just think we need to be more physical as a team. I mean, as a defense, for sure, speaking on that, I think we just need to be more physical. Did the guys up front show more physicality than last week in the run game? I'm not sure. I need to look at the film. But the big guys, I mean, they're always working, you know. So we all got to fix it. It's not just the guys up front. I mean, that starts everywhere. So, um, I mean, I mean, I'm the captain, and I got to take the brunt of it. But it is what it is. Like, you know, we all need to be better. So how will you approach that with the guys this week? You've been around this game a long time. You know what it takes. Mm, you can only give as much wisdom as guys want to take. And, um, I mean, I'm going to do my best. I mean, it starts with me getting out of that practice. And, you know, I'll be out of that practice this week, and I'm going. So, I mean, um, bumps and bruises, everybody have them. But, you know, I mean, we all got to get out there, and that's what it's about. What were they doing with their run game that made it so hard to defend today? I don't know. These guys, I mean, they've been running the ball great all year. So... Um, <clears throat> I mean, we'll have to look at it. I mean, of course, you know, you got Cordero. He's a strong runner. And, you know, you, you have the option game with Marcus. And, you know, that kind of puts a strain on the defense here and there. But I just think we all need to be better in fits and communication and, you know, just being physical. When you see... And there you go, bump after bottling up that run game pretty well in the first half. It did get out of control there late in the game as we get that back to you. Thanks, Jen. That's Quandre, man, keeping it 100. Now look, we got to be more physical. We got to do our jobs, do what we're supposed to do. And then like a true leader, we've heard Gino stepping from the podium and, and take the bullets pretty much. Quandre did the same. He goes, look, it starts with me. And um, if there's anything a defense can be true, it's physical. And he feels that they are not that right now. Right. And I think what he's saying as far as physical, of course, everybody out there is trying. Everybody is going 100%. Everybody's going hard. But when you're physical in your right it looks and it feels a lot better everybody's in the right gap everybody's playing the right shade everybody's playing the right leverage that's when you can just let your hair down and you can go hard hard because you're in the right spot you're chasing and you're trying to play catch up and maybe you're trying to catch up or you're trying to make up for somebody's mistake everybody's out of whack and you can't really be physical because you're playing chase at that point but if you're right and you're in the right spots and guys are hitting the right fits that's when you can be physical yeah i think too sometimes um it, not all the time but the team is much more athletic you know especially on the on the second level and, and on the back end and sometimes when you are more athletic you lose some of the physicality because yeah. you have dudes that are used to running, outrunning people. It's not like they're playing finesse, but it's just not a real physical in-your-face, you know, stick-your-face-in-the-fan type of player. And so I think they have to find that balance because the one thing I found myself, even with, like, Daryl Taylor, the way he was taking on the blockers on the edge, like, be more violent with your hands, like getting their hands off of you, Di you know, getting disengaged from the block so that you can maybe get in on the play or make the play – uh, swing wider. Sometimes the linebackers on the fields are just kind of catching these guards. And in a 3-4 defense, a lot of times, man, these guards have a direct path to the linebacker. So you got to step up sometimes and just punch them in the mouth to just let them know, like, hey, dude, you ain't going to just put your 300-pound body on me all day and just push me down the field. And so, like, those types of things, uh, you have to try to find the balance between that and then having someone like Cody and Jordan that are super athletic that can slip under blocks and they can go around behind the block and still make a play like those types of things. So I think when you when I think of physicality, that's what I that's what I think about, like been getting off blocks, being violent with your hands to get off blocks, you know, things like that. If you're attacking the offensive linemen that are coming at you versus catching the offensive linemen that are coming at you. So sometimes you have to if you have a more athletic team, you have to kind of 
work at that kind of physicality a little more. It doesn't mean all the time, and it may not be what's happening here, but as I'm looking at it, that's what I see. Yeah, and it's just not about, you know, filling the gap or doing the right thing assignment-wise, right? It's about dominating mm. that assignment, You're right? right, Turbo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's where the difference is. That's how you make a difference in a play. That's how you really affect the opposing team. But, you know, I really love the approach that, you know, we, we talked about it with, um, you know, with, with uh, uh, Nuosu and, um, and Gino, and then again with Quandre, holding themselves mm-hmm. accountable, right? Not saying this person or that person or this player or that call, right? They're saying, no, 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 it's me. And, and, and that's where it really starts. And that's really the sign of a great team that has connection with mm-hmm. one another, right, that has each other's back, right? And as long as you have that, you can rebound from anything. All right, accountability is key. When we return, we'll hear from Quentin Jefferson. He's standing by with Jim Miller. That is next. Seahawks fall to the Falcons 27-23. to Explosives kill you. You know, we got them on their side of the field. We got to keep them down there, get our offense the ball back. You know, put them in position to score points. They're moving the ball. You know, we got to, yeah, we got to get off the field. Find a way. Andre said that physicality needs to be a point of emphasis. Is that part of what you saw today, or is it too early to tell? I don't think it's like, yeah, he, the first perspective, yeah, it's physicality or just mentally, mentally tough, you know, just do your job longer. That's what it was. They're like, they're going to like, we're going to run this stretch. And cause we know at some point somebody going to make a mistake and it happened and they bust up. Well, I don't even know how long was that run? 70, 80 yards, 45, yeah. You know, it's just, yeah, you gotta, we gotta be disciplined. How much of that is some of the young guys getting more playing time? I saw you coaching up Boye. You know, there's some guys that are in larger roles than they've been in in their career before. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. We got a lot of young guys playing, but that's no excuse. You know, you're professional. You know, you're pre- expected to perform. You know, we got to go out to perform. Oh. Or guess what? We're going to lose. <laughs> Was the run defense... What, what changed in the run defense first half to second half? Because it looked oh, like it, it half, was... It was- Really, yeah, it was with those two plays. It was just execution, you know, just everybody being accountable, being where they're supposed to be. And we weren't, and they split, <laughs> you know. We just got to be accountable. You got to be where you're supposed to be. You did get to the quarterback, though. Yeah. What was that move that you put on? Uh, I don't even know. Honestly, I got to go back and watch it. Honestly, you know how it'd be. Like, I don't even know what the hell happened. <laughs> Seriously, I don't know what happened. I was just going, you know. But, um, yeah, we need more of that. You know, we need more of that. We got to playmakers. We got to make plays. You know, we got to get off the field, you know, give our offense the ball, especially today. They're out there moving the ball. We got to keep feeding them, keep giving them the ball, you know. So we, whatever we're doing, we got to do more. <laughs> well, and in a loss, it's easy to overshadow a nice play from Kobe Bryant, a nice play from Tariq Woolen. You got yeah. an interception and a sack. Are you seeing those young guys taking some steps? No, most definitely. They're out there making plays, you know, and they say they're growing fast. You know, you have to. And they've been putting the fire, and they definitely – been answering the call so I'm excited for those two young dudes you know they're gonna have bright futures I think Tariq can be in the next four years he's probably gonna be the best corner in the NFL and I'm, I'm calling it now and saying Lil Kobe too I can see him being one of the top nickels in the league so I mean those young guys I'm excited for their futures but it does come down to doing right longer as we hear Quentin Jefferson say bump do right longer. I like that. That should be a T-shirt. Do right longer, Big Ray. But it's nice to hear the uh, the veteran shout out to Reek Woolen and Kobe Bryant in this loss. Yeah, absolutely. And he may not remember the 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 move that he put on on the sack, but he basically is a kind of a play action pass, and he uh, split the double team between the center and the guard, and he was just free to run straight to the quarterback. So, if, for if you can imagine a big dude getting skinny. 
<laughs> That's what we call it. He got skinny. Kind of turns I've seen a big dude get skinny. You lost, what, like 65 yeah, pounds? I, see you, right? hey, I, hey, see I ain't you, trying to call that out. You know, trying to get my sexy back and all that. But, <laughs> but no, nah, but, uh, but nah, I, I do think that uh, the, the voices that we are hearing today are the voices we should hear today. Right. It's the dudes that have been around for a long time. They understand, even all the way, like I said, even Pete Carroll is keeping it all in perspective. They understand it's young dudes out there balling, trying to play, find their way, you know, learn a new team, new system, new league, new players new ways people are attacking you each week, all those kinds of things. But they also understand the urgency of getting better, faster. And so uh, that's what I like that I'm hearing from from Quandre, from uh, Gino, from uh, um, Nuosu, and then again from Jefferson. It seems it's like the same kind of message. And to me, that just means something different coming from players than coming from Pete. Because Pete has to be the dude that manages yeah. everybody. And then you see how the players say it in their own ways. Like, you know, Quandre is just like in your grill. Like, yeah, this is what it is. You know? Mm-hmm. And for, you know, if you have kids, you know that when you are, when you're not kind of like direct with them, they live in the gray area. Yeah. You know? And so this is not the time to not be direct with, these, with this young team because you don't want them living in the gray area. Mm-hmm. And so all these guys have kind of spoken that way as, as well as Pete. True. Quick comment, Turbo. Quick one after that. Yeah, my comment is I just want to call something out like Ray did for uh, Tariq's interception. The way this team is talking, the way they're taking accountability, I think we're going to look back at this and see like, okay, early on in the season, this was what was going on. Now the Seahawks have hit their stride and they're playing good football. So it's coming. Yeah, and my comment is (laughs) once this team learn how to win, it's over. It's going to be a wrap, man, because we got a lot of good players on this football team. But once they put it all together, man, they're going to be really good in the NFL. All right. Let's see if they can put us together in a week when they go to Detroit and take on these Lions. When we return, we're going to preview these Detroit Lions. That's coming to Max right here on the Seahawks Radio Network. All right, fellas. These guys are one and two. They're making their first East Coast time zone trip to Detroit to play the Lions, which means we will be live at 7 a.m. So get ready to go in. These Lions are playing some good football. They may have taken an L today against the Minnesota Vikings, but they are putting up some points. But going into this week, they were the second highest scoring offense in the NFL. I watched a little bit of the hard knocks, so I got like a soft spot for the Lions right now because I just really like their head coach. Um, when you look at these guys, they got Jared Goff, the former Rams. He's been to the Super Bowl. Right, they got Williams at running back. They got Swift at running back today. They rushed for 139 yards at the receiver position. You got Amon Ross St. Brown. He had six for 73 today. You also had Reynolds, who had six for 96. So you know these guys are going to be able to put up points, and that seems to be the Achilles heel of this team so far is really stopping teams when you really need to and then executing at the end of the game when it's time to win big ray i'm gonna go to you since you you know used to play for these guys yes, these sir. detroit lions man uh, what are your thoughts of this game next week well first you know dan campbell i think has really come in and like captivated the culture and the and the of not just detroit but like how the the lions like to play it's the old black and blue division when you're playing chicago and Tampa Bay and Green Bay. It's just really, you know, block all those different things. And then uh, Williams, they have a good little one-two combination of running backs back there that if the Seahawks are not um, bringing physicality and then also not protecting the edge, it's, it could be a long day. So they, they need to get some things corrected and uh, and uh, refined 
sooner rather than later. I didn't know you had ownership in the Lions like that, <laughs> Big Ray. Hey, dude, I, I you, you, know, you, you part of the if you're a captain there for five or six years, you know, it means something. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did Turbo, some, what you say, I cash did, money. Yeah. I put some, way in there with some, the Ford. Can I, I get some, a Ford? I put some blood, sweat, and tears on that turf, Can I get a Ford? Motor City. What's up? Lord. No, this 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 Detroit team is one of those teams I was telling, actually, Big Ray, before our pregame show today, it's like they could go 0-17, and because of the way they play the game of football, they make you want to watch them because of how they play, just the physicality, the nastiness of it, the toughness that they play with. Like, they lost to the Vikings today, but it's the way that they played throughout this football. They made it hard on Minnesota, who mm-hmm. is, you know, probably on paper a more talented team, and that's probably why they was able to pull it out in the end. But they're going to make it hard on every single team they play against. And that's the highlight that I have about the Detroit Lions. They may not execute everything very well. Their running game is really sharp, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, you know, the 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 uh, the engine that, that, that drives the train, you know, right. for, for, for that team. Uh, but they play tough gritty football, which is really the definition of the game, right? Uh, And so they're really interesting to watch. I think, uh, Bump, that this is one of those games that could be kind of similar to today, right? Mm -hmm. A dog fight, you got to win every play and it's going to come down to the end. So I think, um, just like we've been talking about the execution and the maturity, right? How long can you do things right? If you go back not to the drawing board this week, but you really watch the film and you hone in. And it's not about doing more. It's just about doing doing it right, right? Yeah. Just find a way to do things right, execute, not try to do somebody else's job and overdo it and try to be Superman. Just be in your spot, be right, man, and make your play when that play comes to you. I think the Hawks should make a T-shirt that just says it's all about us, right? Yep. <laughs> Every week, do something to get better. Okay, today's final score, Falcons 27, Seahawks 23. A hard-fought game. They had a chance to win the game late, just couldn't get it done. But right now, we're going to go straight to Jim Miller. She's standing by with Colby Parkinson. He scored a touchdown today. What did we see from the offense in that first half when the ball was moving and, and getting distributed around? Yeah, I mean, we definitely got it going with the run game early on. We just got Rashad going, which was great, and that really opens up the rest of our offense, as you saw. There was a nice tight end drive there. How'd you get so open on that play? Uh, we set it up all week, you know, we were working on it, and some things that we did in the past few games really set it up, and it's pretty fun when we all get going like that on that drive. You mentioned Rashad. Also, Walker got going today. How did that help contribute, especially in the third quarter? Well, that's the source of our offense. Once we get the run game going, you know, we're able to open up everything else and, and spread the ball around. What happened there on the final drive? Yeah, penalty and then a sack. That's tough to come back from. We were really rolling there and felt like we were about to punch it in at the perfect time. So we'll take care of those few things and we'll be ready to go. Up to that point, what did you see from Gino? Uh, Gino's been playing amazing. Uh, he really took care of the offense and was making sure he was getting all the right run checks, uh, and that really helped us open up things in the pass game. What can you take from today and move ahead to next week? I just look at the production. Our offense played really well today, and I think once we put it all together, offensively, defensively, we're going to be really special. Yeah, the most yards already this season. So certainly something to build on next week as we get that back to you, Bump. Thanks, Jen. Uh, Kobe did not score a touchdown, but he did set up Uncle Will Disley. But it was nice to see these tight ends get involved. What did you see out of these tight ends today? True. I mean, uh, I meant I meant Turbo. I was looking at Turbo, but I said true. Oh, Turbo. Yeah. 
Is it because we both dark skinned? <laughs> we got beards. I, I think I think we Even all. True I think got we all the, fit. You know, true beard. I'm trying to catch up. You might got that old man. I got a couple grays in mind, but I'll be all right. That's because you wise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bump man from the tight ends. <laughs> the tight ends for this team can be um, a great asset to Geno, right? Not just for check downs and short stuff. Of course, they're going to be helping in the run game, but if you can get mismatches on these tight ends, we got athletic tight ends, we got tall tight ends, guys that can really create problems for defenses. So it's definitely a plus to go with the great wide receiver play that we got, but the tight ends can make a huge difference, man. They Over time, I predict that they'll start getting more balls, right, because they're going to key on Lockett. They're going to key on uh, DK, and once you start getting that play-action game and all that going to tight ends, it's, it should be wide open down the seams like we've been seeing. Yeah, and, we, and you saw today, you know, all three tight ends being on the field at the same time. Yeah. And, with the, and, and because of their receiving ability, you know, you can also throw the runs in there. We saw a lot of our runs be successful with those tight ends being in the game. They're able to lock on guys, get some blocks, right? We can run play action off of that. But because of their receiving ability as well, now you have that one-two combo with the run and pass, even when tight ends are in the game. There's a lot of teams around the league when three tight ends are in the game, most of the time you're running the football. Right. With our tight ends, you can split that 50-50. Defense don't know what's coming at them. Yeah, I, I would say that, to me, the tight ends are what will unlock this offense and really make it go. Because uh, if you can keep them involved, it's going to also help your running game because you can th throw to the tight end on first down and pick up five or six yards. Now you're ahead of the chains. Now you're in favorable conditions, positions to, to keep running the football. And so I've been tracking over the first three games just the production between those two positions combined. And, uh, and today the tight ends had nine cat total catches for 105 yards and a touchdown combined with the running backs. They had 30 total touches, 221 yards and a touchdown. And so trying to figure out what is the number for that, for that, for those two uh, positions to, to combine with to make it seem like it means something to the offense. I think probably this 30 number is a little high, considering that the running backs, you know, mainly Penny, only had 15, you know, 14 carries. And I think he needs to have 16, 17, 18, maybe 20 carries. But uh, I do think that they are what will unlock the offense and keep it unlocked. Because like Marcus said, three totally different body types, three totally different skill sets, and you can use all three of them on the field to block or all three of them on the field to, to run – to run routes, and I think they're very good, easy uh, to find completions for for Gino to keep his to keep his confidence going. We heard from Colby Parkinson. Let's go back to Jamila. She's standing by with Kobe Bryant. He had a sack today. You know, that's the goal is to each week progress and get better, and you know, get comfortable. Now I'm starting to get you know get comfortable and you know go out there and play fast. So. so, like NFL teams know when there's uh, somewhere they can attack, and the run game was the first thing they were doing with Patterson. What right. was going on there? Right. It's been an issue now for a couple weeks. So. Right. You know, I mean, that's, like I said, we just got to do our own job. You know, I can't speak for, you know, anybody else. You know, I could just focus on what I need to get better on and, uh, you know, be a great teammate and get better overall. So, Colby, on that sack, how did you read that play? I mean, you shot out like a cannon. Right. It, honestly, it was just a, a great play call. We have been repping it all week. And, uh, you know, it was, like I said, I, I get thanks to Coach Hurt for having a great play call, and I just made a play. You got into the quarterback before in college. Is it different in the pros? Definitely. I, I never got a, a sack in college, but, you know, my first one in the NFL, that's, that's surreal. So 
So when you talk about kind of coverage, then we just talked to Quandre Diggs and, and he said it's about communicating and being on the same page. Do you see it the same way? Absolutely. You know, uh, he's the leader of the back end. So, you know, um, we we all go as him as he goes. And uh, like you said, just communication and, and being on the same page. What is the challenge when you've got a quarterback that can do multiple things and you're trying to cover, but you need to play up front? That's a big challenge. Yeah, it definitely is. But, you know, just like I just said, you know, we've got to do our own job and, you know, continuously get better and focus on what we need to focus on. It is still early three weeks in. So what do you take from this one and, and use next week in Detroit? We just got to go in tomorrow and be ready to work. You know, it starts tomorrow. You know, um, just continuously get better, learn from our mistakes, and, and keep growing. Thank you, Kobe, the rookie, getting his first sack in the NFL and his first in a long time, guys. Thanks, Jen. That was cool to see uh, Kobe Bryant get that sack. You know, you're, you've been waiting on him to make a play. He's been in position several times, got a couple of pass interference. So to see Tariq Woolen get that pick and see Kobe Bryant get that sack, um, another indication that guys are getting better on this team. You know, what's really cool about being a rookie and, you know, particularly with with Kobe is you know we've seen him get taken out of the game and you know we've seen him get beat and he just keep coming back every time like and that's just the, the it shows the mental fortitude that he has as a rookie and the thing that I think is so great about just being a rookie in general it all it takes is one play for him it could be the sack it could be on special teams Right. It could be recovering a fumble. Right. But all it takes is one place. Say, I'm I'm, I'm okay. I can I can I can come out here and compete and do this with the guys, with the best of the best. And your confidence level just boom, skyrockets, man. So it's great to see Kobe be able to get in position to be able to make a play like that, because now in his mind, he knows he can do more. Right. I really like his game and you guys correct me if I'm um if I'm wrong, but he didn't play nickel in college, right? Nope. Right. Yeah, so to make that transition is is tough. It's a lot tougher than people think. I know we just sit up here and talk about it, be like, yeah, he, he jumps to the inside, but it's a whole different world, a whole different ball game. I tried to make the transition towards the end of my career and it was very tough for me to do as a veteran player. So um, I could totally understand how his head could be spinning a little bit, but just like you said, Turbo, he keeps coming back. He, he He's a fighter, and you need guys like that, especially young guys. And you see the respect that he has for the leaders on the team. Did he he, he uh, talked about Dick and said, we go as he goes. So they're going to come together, man. And like I said earlier, this thing is going to come together, and this – thing that they're going through now is going to be a thing of the past. They're going to hit their stride, and we're going to just look back and be like, yeah, they started out rough, but they found it. Yeah, and the, and the, and the veterans respect him. Yeah. You know, we, yep. we heard, I think it was Quentin Jefferson, right? Yeah. You know, talked about Tariq Willen, but also, you know, gave love to Kobe and said, man, one day this kid's going to be really great in this league. Yeah, I, I think it, too, it just speaks to <clears throat> what we've been saying. They have the players. I think they have, they have a scheme that, that is going to work. It's just about doing those things. And, like, we've heard a couple of the defensive players talk about the explosives. So I think the uh, Atlanta had five plays that were plus 20 yards, uh, you know. And then if you add on to that, they had, I would call it an explosive, but they had three first downs by way of penalty. You know what I'm saying? So those, so those are maybe things that you can control. So I think, if you know, when they start to cut down on those things and then they start to find ways to use uh, a Kobe Bryant, they start to, you know, really – uh, Woolen starts to really settle into like 
who he can be as a player. And those linebackers start to kind of understand their work. The dude that I really like is this Daryl Johnson Jr. kid that keeps coming in and just making plays. Like he was the first dude I saw that was super violent with his hands and his approach to setting the edge. Right. You know, but that was a play where Cordell jumped over everybody <laughs> and took off running. <clears throat> but um, there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle that are here. Like Pete said, there's a lot of answers to the test. And now they just have to go out and just keep every week, just keep doing it. And it will unlock at some point. Like everybody will. I, I like the visual that you give uh, Trufant about being on a string. Right. Like, you know, like if, I know that if, if that linebacker, the middle linebacker is going to go to the right, then the, maybe the, the corner of the safety is going right. to tug me one way or the other. And so once they get on to those same chords, I think the defense will be good because I think they have the, the, they have the athleticism. They have dudes that can get after the ball. They have different types of dudes they can present on the edge. They have, you know, depth and length at the, at the, uh, and athleticism at the corner spot. You have experience at the free safety spot. You have good players at the linebacker spot. So it is just a matter of, and it sounds like if you're a fan, you're like, well, man, like we've been, this is, we started like this last year. I'm tired of hearing this thing. Like when is it going to happen? But man, sometimes it is just what it is. You know what I'm saying? You just got to let the course run its course, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and be patient with it. Yep. It's going to be a grind this year. And we'll just, uh, keep watching for improvements in all aspects of this team. Okay. When we return, we'll hear from Rashad Penny standing by with Jen Miller. That's next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle sports, 710 and Cairo news radio, 97, three FM. Rashad, we saw a lot of rushing yards in that first quarter and then kind of went away from it there in the second quarter before coming back around in the third. Why was that? Um, I, I still don't know. Honestly, uh, again, we still trying to find our identity. I think, Everybody know what we can be. I mean, we, you, we keep. I keep being repetitive. I mean, we got explosives all over the field, and you know, we still trying to find it. You know, having Gino at quarterback, I think we really got a really great offense. We just got to get it clicking. You talk about finding your identity. How much closer did the team come today, given the rushing attempts and yards? I mean, it was pretty obvious of what you know we can do, and it's kind of a balanced attack compared to. A lot of third and longs, you know, putting yourself in bad situations to be a third and 12, a third and 14, that's tough to overcome. So, I mean, I think we, little by little, it's every day. We, we work every day, you know, to get better and put ourselves in position to score touchdowns and just get points on the board. I think that's the most important thing, but I think it's coming. You mentioned those third downs. That third down conversion rate was pretty good. I know the final drive, there were some plays in there that were third and longs, but why was that number such a highlight today? I mean, it just showed you that we would stay on the field. We, we ran more plays. You know, we didn't have 48 plays. We had 70-some plays today. It just shows you who we are as an offense. I mean, regardless who we have back there at QB or whatever we have at running back or receiver, we we really explosive. We have, I think we have one of the top offenses in the league. We just got to click. What did you see from Ken Walker today? I know we saw him a little bit last week, but mm-hmm. we started to get a better feel for him today. Oh, man, he's explosive. I tell him every day, man, just keep playing you, bro. You you run like a 4-2. It, it, it's hard for defenders to tackle you when you actually hit the hole at his speed and his rate and explosiveness. I mean, he, he has a bright future. I'm, I'm not even kidding. I'm one of his big supporters, and I know everybody else in the running back room is, and, you know, he's going to be great. He's just young. I know that this is a tough one. You go back on the road next week, but what's the positive that you can take into Detroit? It's still early season. It's week three, and 
Um, we just keep getting better on offense. You know, once when we play a clean team game for the last 14 weeks, then everybody will see what how good of a team we are. Thank you, Rashad. Yeah, the Seahawks surpassed their rushing total from last week early on in this one. Bump. Thanks, Jim. Rashad Penny looked good, man. He came out firing, man. He was uh, getting in between the tackles, getting outside the tackles. He brought an energy to this game that I was hoping we were going to see early, Turbo. Yeah, he caught a nice rhythm in that first half, and I think it was, what was it, 10 carries in that first half? Not sure. No, but either way, he got going, and it was great to see him attack the line of scrimmage, find the creases, not second-guess himself, right, and get yards, uh, and get yards even after contact. I felt like you know, the week prior when we, when we played the 49ers, he was just kind of unsure of where he wanted to go with the football. Today, he looked decisive. You saw him make some guys miss, right, be able to break some tackles, do some things in the passing game as well. So he showed the total package today, uh, Rashad Penny, and it was really great to see. Yeah, and I, I will say this, man. Like, when you're an offensive lineman, and you have a big back that's running through tackles and making people miss and getting all the yardage that is there to get. Like you just, there's a different type of motivation in you than when you throw a 50-yard bomb. I'm just, I'm just saying, like it's cool. To, it's a pretty play to throw a, a deep ball to DK, and and I'm probably not gonna spend the split sprint the 80 yards to go down there and celebrate with him. Just too far for me to run. <laughs> but if 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 I'm blocking for Turbo and he break one for 80, I'm running down there to celebrate with Turbo. Oh, it's yeah. something about the running game. It's the physicality of, like I tell people all the time, as an offensive lineman, the reason you started playing this game is because you get to crush people. You get to knock the air out of people. You get to land on top of your tackling. You don't necessarily get into this game so you can pass block. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when you get the running game going and when Penny is running as hard as he's running and and getting downhill, all those things that, that Turbo was saying, uh, averaging five, six yards a carry, man, it just brings a different energy to the huddle. It, yeah. it really does. It makes your pass blocking better. And then those dudes that like the pass rush, they don't like it when they get noisy like that. They start tapping out. They want to take a break. If, if, if it's a, if it's a throwing the ball down the field 50 times a game, they never want to come out. Yep. But when it gets loud and noisy and painful and you have to get off a 300-pound dude to try to tackle a 230-pound running back, that ain't fun. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why it's important to this offense to get this running game going like it was today. I'll say this, too, uh, just real quick, Ray. That actually helps the defense, too. And you see a big bruising back that's on your team that is – bringing the pain and the punishment? Because I felt like Penny was looking for contact. He was. Early in the game. Mm -hmm. it, it getting to that next level, getting to that second level, he was lowering that boom, right? Yeah. And on defense, you get hype, and you can't wait to get on the field, right? <laughs> and you yeah. see your running back out there doing that. So that's what we keep saying as far as this team just coming together and kind of feeding mm -hmm. off each other. All these things that we're talking about, it's going to come together. So it sounds kind of corny, but let's just – Relax, let's stay positive, <laughs> and let's just wait for it to come around, man. It'd be all right. All right. This is what we're going to do when we come back. We are going to go through some of these highlights of today's game. I'm Michael Bumas with Ray Roberts, Robert Turbin, and Marcus Trufant. That is next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. Did we all take L's this weekend? I think we did. Did y'all yeah, lose? Y'all lose too? Yeah, we lost to Syracuse by two. Hey. Man.
missed three field goals. Hard out here. It's hard out here. It is, man. Winning hey, ain't man. easy, man. Yeah, and you know what's going to be hard? We got to do a game MVP for the second week after <sighs> a loss. After yeah. a loss. We, someone up here always keeps it interesting. <laughs> um, Somebody. So, wonder who that is. So uh, I'm, I am interested. <laughs> I don't know. He's to my right and to your left. Bro, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with Mr. Interesting, Mr. Utah State himself. Turbo, what you got for us? Game MVP. Man, you know what? Ah, that's funny you asked. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the segment that we're in right now. I'm gonna go with DK Metcalf. Okay. You know, I right. keep it. I keep it regular this time. You know, he uh, he really he 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 balled out today. He showed up. Now he had some frustrations early in the game, but you know, uh, over the course of the uh, of the football game, Gina was able to, you know, locate him and put him in position to be able to be the playmaker that he is, get up for some jump balls and, you know, hit him across the middle of the field, allow him, allow him to run after the catch uh, and some of those things. And so uh, it's DK for me. DK for Turbo. True 23, what you got? True 23. I'm going to go with Geno Smith, man. We've been talking about it all day. Last couple of days, when are we going to open this thing up? So he, he um, I think they stepped up. The turbo, just like you said, he found DK and they found Tyler. He found the tight ends, went uh, 32 for 44 for 325 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But I think he stepped up today. All right. What you got to be great? Well, I'm I'm just going to have to go with my man with uh, with uh, True Font because I think, you know, the whole conversation coming into this week was how they were going to open up the offense, what that what does opening up the offense mean, means. And I think it meant all that we talked about in the pregame. It meant more plays, more different types of plays, also pushing the ball down the field. And I thought that Geno did a great job of – utilizing everybody through the running backs. He threw to the tight ends. He threw to the receivers. Uh, he got almost equal amount of targets to DK as he did uh, Tyler, which last year it was always like so uh, lopsided one way. And he found a way to balance it out through everybody. So it, to me, it gives a lot of hope. And then also just, uh, you know, his accountability and leadership, you know, uh, in the press conference and just talking about what needs to happen and how it starts with him and all those different kinds of things. So, I would say for me that the, that the MVP is for me is Gino. All right, you guys have spoken. It is Gino. Gino threw for 300 yards for the fourth time in his career and the first time since 2014. So it's been a while since he's had a game like this. The maturation of this young man is wild. So I don't know if you guys know, I do a show Monday through Friday, bumping Stacy from 10 to 2 p.m. right here on 710. <clears throat> and I told my co-host Stacy that Gino is going to throw for 72% completion rate. You know what he threw for today? 72. 72%. And some change. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know, dot, dot, dot. Three, <laughs> you know, but the first two numbers, 72%. So if you are listening, Stacy, I did that. Okay, when we return, we will <laughs> go hey, y'all be talking on about a me. preview. Preview. Turbo, we're going to preview the Detroit Lions, if that's all right with you, my it's man. Cool. You know, that's cool. coming up next on your home for the Seahawks, Seattle Sports 710 and Cairo News Radio 97.3 FM. Man, before this week, they were top two when it comes to scoring. They got Jared Goff over there playing some good football. They have good running backs, good receivers. I mean, this team is trying to change their identity and how you perceive these guys. Um, when you look at this team, Big Ray, what type of challenges do they pose to the Seahawks? Earlier we talked about, I think Trufond or someone said it, is that you have to, uh, like, execute your game plan better and longer than the other team. 
And for this game, it's not only going to be executing the game plan, but it's going to be matching their intensity and their physicality for the entire game. They are like the – I don't know if they say you can't win it in the first, you can't win it in the second, can't win it, you win it in the fourth. But whatever the Seahawks play with in the fourth quarter when they think they can win the games, yeah. that's how these dudes start the game. They started with that type of urgency. And so I think the Seahawks are going to have to be able to match the physicality, the urgency, and the intensity of this game because they run the ball well. Uh, uh, Golf does a good job with play action, boots, you know, moving the pocket. They have two running backs in Williams and Swift that can do some damage. And Swift can do it like whether he's he can do a fly sweep, run it from the backfield, spread out wide, go out for rap, uh, passes, all, all those kinds of things. So I think they're going to have to really play uh, – it's going to be similar to this game, really, to be honest with you. The two teams are going to be really similar in talent level and, and quarterback play and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to have to, whoever executes the best, the longest, will probably win. Yeah, the strength of this Detroit Lions team is in the run game. You know, that that's where it starts and finishes, right? That's where they have a lot of their success. And then offensively, everything just comes in after that. And they got a great young wide receiver in Amon Ra. Mm -hmm. um, uh, how you pronounce it? St. Brown. Yeah, St. Brown. Uh, who's a spectacular player uh, in the league, and, and he'll be a tough test for us as well. But, you know, I think there's some things on their defense that we can take advantage of, particularly in the secondary. Uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, if you watch the Detroit Lions and uh, their games this season is, you know, they play really hard, and Dan Campbell is building a, a culture and a personality uh, to this team, but they've given a lot of games up as well. And, uh, and and that reason being because of their undisciplined uh, in the secondary. And so if there's anything where we have the advantage against the Detroit Lions team, I feel it's there. I think you guys both hit it on the head, man. Um, it's really going to be a dogfight. It's going to be this Seahawks team, the way that they're playing right now and where they're at, can't take anybody for granted. I know they're not going to do that. I'm not – I know they're not going to come in taking anybody lightly, but it's really about them, man. They they play mm -hmm. good football for a short period of time, right? A two steps forward and a, a two steps back. So this week in practice, the emphasis should be on consistency, on doing the right thing, everybody being in the right spot, and then we'll see where we end up. But just like you said, Ray, it's going to be a dogfight. It's mm -hmm. going to be a tough game exactly like it was today, and they just got to play all the way through the whistle, man, and make it happen. All right, one thing you need to see next week, Big Ray. Uh, I will still say this. Uh, I still want to see the tight ends as part of the, the passing game in the package, but we have to get uh, Penny over 15 carries. Mm -hmm. he got, he was at 14 today. I think his number should be, you know, coming into the game, we should expect him to have the ball at least 18 times. If he's really rolling, you know, a little like think uh, Turbo said, maybe 21, 22 times. But uh, he's averaging, you know, when he's getting consistent blocking and he's running well, he's averaging five and six yards a carry. And so I, I really do think that they have to, to uh, lean on that just a little bit, you know, and, and give him a, a few more carries. True. Cut down on explosive plays on defense. I know we talk about all the good stuff that we do on defense, but if we can eliminate that, a lot of the other stuff I think that we can deal with. But we got to cut down on those explosive plays. Man, to me, it's about dominating, dominating the gaps in the run game. Because if you don't, the Detroit Lions are going to run up and down the field on you. Mm. And we got to be able to set the edge, and we got to be able to dominate in our gaps and be physical, come off blocks and make plays in the backfield.
All right, there's a game plan right there next week against the Detroit Lions. 